This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I want you to turn your, your expectation on here a little bit, okay? I don't want to entertain you, okay? I want to communicate with you. I want to share something with you that really quite, quite literally can be life-changing, and if it doesn't apply, it doesn't have a personal application to you currently, uh, it will in the future. And so I just want you to hook up, you know, with what it is that I'm uh, sharing with you tonight. Because um, <clears throat> don't let your approach to the Bible be casual. I mean, praise God. I mean, <laughs> I use this illustration. I can't think of one any better. But when I was growing up on a farm, we raised hogs. And it wasn't the confinement type thing that they have today where everything's in the house, you know, and whatever. Dude, these things, these hogs were out in the pens. And we had these troughs that were made out of tuba twelves, and they made a V-shape like this. And, and um, there was the fence, of course. Um, and these troughs, what, what my dad had done is he had, he had uh, taken the trough and it extended, it was, it extended out into the... Uh, hog, you know, lot, but then it was, it had about this much of it was on this side of the fence. And that was for a reason, because you didn't want to be in there when they showed up. And so <clears throat> he had a 55 gallon barrel and, and uh, I, you know, I don't know, there was all kinds of stuff in there. We called it slop. You take a five gallon bucket and you put it in there and you fill it up, you know. And as soon as those hogs heard the lid come off of that barrel, Dude, they started showing up. And <clears throat> so what you would do is you'd take and pour it in this side to go underneath the fence and then down this trough. It was kind of a downhill kind of thing. And I tell you what, man, no holes barred, man. I mean, these, these hogs, I mean, they would literally get up in the trough just so that they could, you know, take up more space and try to, you know, take territory. And uh, they didn't slow down. And you say, well, why are you telling us this story? I said, well, I'm telling you because sometimes that's the way you need to be with the Bible. You know, now, it's not quite that graphic, but the Bible says that those that hunger and thirst will be filled. And uh, so if you take a casual approach to the Word of God, and, you know, again, um, uh, it isn't intended to be entertaining, it's, it's intended for us to learn. Now, I like a, a guy that's funny. I like a guy that tells stories, you know, and all those different kinds of things. You know, we, we enjoy that. We come away with things, you know, well, he's telling this story and applied to this. And so there's an application as far as the illustration part of it is concerned. But I really want us to understand the heart of our Father. And I want you to understand what it is that he's done through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid an incredible price, you guys. And the Bible says that in the ages to come, he's going to show us his kindness in what it is that he did for us. So it's interesting to me that it's going to take ages. You know, we're living right now in what we call the church age. From the time of Christ's ascension until the present is what we refer to as the church age. Well, that's been a couple thousand years well, again, the Bible says that in the ages to come, he may show his kindness or he's going to reveal his kindness to us. And so what he has done 
in having set the captives free, having released you and I from the tyranny and the penalties of sin, the life and the freedom and the liberty that he has given to us is, is really unfathomable. I mean, when you think about it. And, and, and the way that these truths, or I should say the way that uh, his freedom becomes a reality is through you and I knowing the truth. Okay? Something as simple as salvation. I didn't, need, I didn't know you needed to be born again. I grew up in a mainline denominational church. Nobody tell, told me I needed to be saved. They said, well, if you just jump through all these hoops and you don't try to be kind and nice, you'll be okay. We'll give you a stamp, baby, and you'll be confirmed and you're in. Well, you know, that's not biblical. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about that. I'm all for Christian education. It has its part in things. But until a person with their heart comes before the Lord and repents of their sin and asks him to forgive them and come into their heart, they'll never know eternity from heaven's perspective. They'll wind up in hell. Now, that's a tough you know, pill sometimes, I think, for people to swallow because you have to surrender and recognize that God is God, that he is true, that he is life, and that what he says is, is the truth. And a lot of folks don't want to do that. The Bible makes reference to the fact that men love darkness, you know, rather than the light. Well, I'm so thankful, praise God, I had enough sense to say, you know what, God, you are right, and I need you desperately. As a matter of fact, this last week, I went up to the place, I have my own altar along the side of the road. It's not really an altar. Work with me on this. But I just went up there, man, and I parked my motorcycle, I had a ride, and I just parked, and I, I spent a half hour there. And I just thought back to all of the things that God had done in my life and how that he had redeemed me by his grace and gave me new life and how thankful I was that I made this decision. It's a decision. Salvation is a decision that takes place in the heart of an individual. It's not something that we... We, we receive because, you know, like a herd, we just kind of all get, you know, taken in. No, every person makes their decision about what they're going to do with Jesus. And so I sat there for quite a long time and just thought about his grace in my life and how he changed me from the inside out and made me a new creation. And the life that I've now had for 47 years, it's just a few weeks past 47 years that I was born again. And I can't imagine a life without him. Amen. And how we have learned and grown and changed and been blessed and and been a part of what it is that God is doing in the world today. You know, he's coming again. Jesus is coming, you know. And so it's important for us as believers to get all of the understanding that we can to make an application of it within our lives to exercise these things so that not only we can be blessed, but we can bless others. How many of you know people need the blessing of God? Man, I'm telling you what, they're in rough shape. You know, if you don't know Jesus, I mean, you're a mess. That's all there is to it. And uh, so we have, uh, uh, <laughs> we have a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we have a target-rich environment, you know, where uh, people are concerned in their need for Christ. 
you know, people are growing up, they're, 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 they're becoming godless. They're not retaining God in their knowledge. They're not acknowledging God in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, they're defying him. It's like the old fist, you know, like this. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to live my own. I have my rights, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, and God will protect your right to go to hell if that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to answer. They're going to have to give an account of what it is that they did with Jesus and the sacrifice that God made so they wouldn't have to go to hell. So aren't you glad tonight to know him? How about the rest of you? Are you awake? Maybe we need to just run some wires down through the pews and, you know, put some current just, you know, a slight current, just, you know, something to kind of help people out a little bit. I know you've had a big day, and this is hump day, and, you know, you're looking forward to the remainder of the week or whatever to be over or whatever. But uh, let's, let's get into it, shall we? And let's learn all that we can. Let's pray together. Father, as we approach the Word of God this evening, I just, I'm so grateful and consider it such a privilege, Father, to share these truths with your people these your people. And um, I ask you tonight, Father, to help me. Give me utterance uh, to, to share and communicate in an intelligent, understandable way. And Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that you've sent as our teacher and as our guide, that he tonight will take what it is I say and write it upon the hearts of these your people, and that with it, there will come an understanding, revelation knowledge within the hearts of men and women here tonight and those that are watching online. And I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in every life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Notice with me in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15, uh, we use these two prayers of Paul as our text. And I would encourage you, read the whole letter. Uh, that, that Paul wrote to the church there at Ephesus. And, and also, if you want to double up, read uh, the letter or the epistle that he wrote to the churches or the church there at Colossae. Uh, they're very similar, these two letters that Paul wrote. And there's different nuances in each one of these letters that help to enlighten us uh, with regard to what it is that, again, Christ has done for us. And we're talking about the believer's authority the authority of the believer, that you have authority that's been given to you. And I want to talk a little bit with you tonight for the time that we have about exercising that authority within your life. But I, I want to uh, set some kind of a foundation here because, again, in most evangelical circles, they don't even talk about your authority as a believer. You know, it's, it's not just really... it's. It, it, it's it, number one's not understood, and so it's it's never discussed. But when you got born again, when you received Christ, you became a part of His family. You became a child of God. Your nature was supernaturally changed. You went from darkness to light, and becoming a child of God puts you within His kingdom, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So now you're a subject of his heavenly kingdom. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven, even though we have the privilege of living here on earth. 
But we've got, we, we've received this, this incredible place in Christ Jesus, having been delivered from the authority of darkness, translated into the kingdom of his dear son. And I tell you what, praise God, you can be thankful for that. And so because of that, we are given the grand privilege of being able to exercise this authority on the earth, not only for ourselves, but for other people as well. And I like to suggest to you, I could probably argue that fundamentally the reason for this authority is primarily for you to be able to assist others. Okay? If you look, read, you can read it sometime, Luke chapter 10, when Jesus, well, first of all, he commissioned the 12, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits and to heal the sick, and he sent them forth. In chapter 10, in chapter 10, he said that the, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. And the Bible says that he, he then commissioned another 70 to go out in twos, and, and, and he gave them authority. He delegated his authority in his name to go forth before him. When they came back, they said, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Okay? You remember those sons of Sceva? There was a bunch of them. They were basically sorcerers, you know, and they used incantations and all kinds of things. They deceived and bewitched people and things like that. And on one occasion, uh, they, they came across this guy that was full of the devil, and they said, we, we adjure you by the name that Paul preaches. And uh, the devil said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? In other words, they did not have the name of Jesus. The Bible says that he fell upon them and whooped the fire out of all of them. Huh, interesting, isn't it? No, they didn't have the name, but thank God you do. And you've been given that name, praise God, and thank God we can rejoice in that. So again, most Christians are unaware of the authority that's been given to them, and so they live without victory. I tell you, Jesus, when he made this statement, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy, I came, now listen, I came so that you would have life and life more abundant. Jesus came to give the child of God, the believer, an abundant life. A long time ago as a young uh, believer, I mean probably I may have been 20, 20 years old maybe, and maybe only a year old in the Lord. I listened to a minister one time, and he says, what you need to do is you need to draw a line down through the middle of your life, and on one side put life and life more abundant, and on the other side put killing, stealing, and destroying. And if whatever it is that's going on in your life is killing, stealing, and destroying, it's from hell. And anything that's providing life and life more abundant, it's God. And you know what? Uh, I may not be the sharpest knife in the, in the drawer, but I got that. And I realize, praise God, you know, that if it doesn't represent abundant life as is described, you know, I mean, I can figure that part out, huh? You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out whether it's going good or if it's going bad. But God has given us this place in Christ Jesus to be able to exercise dominion and authority in this world in which you and I live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, I'm going a different direction here. Turn over to the third chapter here of Ephesians, and let me, let me show you this so that um, I want you to think about this with me for a minute. 
Notice in verse 8, the Apostle Paul is, is writing here, and he's making reference to his own place or his own status. And in chapter 3, verse 8, he says, To me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Hallelujah. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of this of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now notice verse 10. To the intent that now, everybody say now, that now to the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the who? By the who? By the church. So read it again with me. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So in other words, the exercise of authority is to work through the church and to let the principalities and powers that are in this world know who's Lord. Are you listening to me? And not only that, but to assist and to help. Tyler, can you turn this down just a little bit? It's ringing. Hallelujah. So it's important for us to understand these truths that are ours. And again, for the work of service. I mean, each and every one of you are equipped by, as registered agents of the kingdom of heaven. So when you go into a situation and a person is feeling depressed or they're feeling oppressed or they're, you know, they're, um, I mean, praise God, you can step into this situation. You can, and you can say, you know what? Your life doesn't have to stay this way. Praise God. We can come together in the name of Jesus. We can pray and we can ask God to move in your behalf, whatever it is, it's causing this, but not only that, but you don't for one more moment have to live oppressed in Jesus' name, because he set you free from that. And then, you know, we can teach them other things about how to resist the devil and so on and so forth. But I'm telling you what, you're, you're the person that God wants to use in these last days. And he wants to use you desperately. And it's, it's not my strength. It's not your strength. It's not our ability. It's his. He just said, go in my name. I mean, those 70 that he sent out, he said, they, 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 were, they came back, they were filled. With, they said, even the devils are subject to us through your name. And he said, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He said, rejoice not in this, but rather that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. So, so there's a place that you have. You have it. I have it. We have it. It's not, well, you know, that's just for the preacher. That's not me. No, if you're a child of God and you're a believer, praise God, you're in. Are you listening to me? You know, when Satan attacks your kids, thank God you've got the name of Jesus. You can come against it, resist it, stand against it in Jesus' name. It's a foul enemy. That's why it's called dis-ease. And it's intended to do just that. And thank God in the name of Jesus we can stand against it. Are you listening to me? And praise God we can enjoy heaven's best. Glory to God. But you know, a lot of times people get, they live so in the natural. If they don't see immediate results, they say, well, you know, I guess that wasn't the will of God or it must not. It is the will of God. 
Are you listening to me? You know, you have to keep the devil in the arena of faith. And what, what do I mean by that? What God said. Not the way you feel, not the way it looks, not the circumstances, but what God said. Because the devil will do everything he can to try to keep you from enjoying heaven's best if he can lie enough to you and deceive you into thinking that the word, the Bible, isn't true. But thank God it is true. And it does work. And you can set the captive free in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? So it's important for us, praise God, to get these things down on the inside of us so that we can be that person, not in an arrogant kind of way, but you move into the situation with his power and say, this doesn't have to stay this way if you don't want it to be. You know, when somebody approached me, they said, you don't have to live your life this way. You can be saved. God has a a plan for your life. Well, I had to believe that. I had to accept that. I had to say, how? Show me the way. Tell me what needs to be done. Are you listening to me? Now, some folks, they don't want to have anything to do with it. That's on them. But I tell you what, there's, there's no life like his. Are you listening to me? And you've got to understand this. Let me tell you this right now, because this is important. A lot of folks, can you turn this down just a little bit more? I don't know why it's doing that, but um, a lot of folk... If things don't go the way they think they should have, then all of a sudden, it's God's fault. All right, well, it, uh, again, it must not have been the will of God, or you know what it... You, you need to understand, we don't know everything. And the last thing that you need to do is be accusatory toward Him because something didn't turn out the way you think it should have. Well, that can't be God. That must not be the will of God. Well, if it's in the Bible, it's the will of God. You've got to understand the, 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 the fallibility of men. And there are things that you and I don't know. I use the illustration. When I was first started in ministry, we had one couple in our church, and they had three children. They were on their way to Kansas City for a weekend. They got in a car accident, and one of the girls died. Well, I tell you what, that turned my world upside down because I knew that the angels had been given charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, and yet now I'm doing a funeral for someone. So what, how do you deal with that? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a person of faith, praise God. I, I believe the Word of God, and yet something happened. Now, the reason, I don't know. But you know, I had a decision to make that I was either going to continue to believe what the Bible said or I was going to go prancing off into this thing, well, this happened and if it's so true, then how come this happened? Because if it is true, this shouldn't have happened, but it did. Are you you with me? And if you go down that path, friend, I'll tell you what, you'll end up out in the weeds someplace and you don't know what you believe. So you just better get it settled, which is what I did. God, I I don't understand. And I I like to ask him. I I look forward to the day when I can ask him and say, what happened here? You know? But I I don't know. But But I know I'm smart enough to say, I don't understand it, but God, I still trust you. 
and I still believe your word, and I'm still going to pray for people. I'm still going to teach them about God's best. I'm still going to challenge them to do the will of God. I'm still going to give them the word, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and wherever any of the rest of this stuff falls, that's your deal, not mine. Are you with me? Because I've seen so many people, man, I mean, they have been rolled, you know, by things like this. They're not even in the church anymore. They don't even attend. Yeah, it's a bunch of junk. Well, it's not a bunch of junk. Now, again, I don't always understand whatever. Boy, this is sure turning out different than what I thought it was supposed to be. But, 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 um, listen, you, 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 you got to please, 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 please believe what it is that I'm saying. Because, you know, I, I, I think about Linda right here, you know, she, uh, lost her husband some years ago and now she's a widow and how difficult that that must have been for her, but how God's grace has been so powerful within her life. You can ask her. Connie's the same way, you know? And, um, and, and there are things, you know, where you say, well, I, I, I got robbed. I mean, you know, I, it wasn't supposed to be this way or whatever the case might be. Those things, they happen, you know? And, and the, the thing is, is that there are reasons you know, in Deuteronomy, the Bible talks about the secret things belong to the Lord our God. And to those, uh, and that which he reveals belongs to us and to our children forever. So there are things we know, there are things that we don't know. Are you with me? Sometimes, you know, we know the reasons why things happen. Sometimes we don't. But God's will and his word never changes. Does that make sense to you? And that's where you have to keep yourself. Because if you don't, like I said, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's, it's, it's not going to mean a whole lot to you. And, and, and you have to also understand, oh, please understand, that there is an adversary of your soul that's, he is peddling lies to anyone and everyone. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is that you are a, uh, like I said, an agent of heaven that God wants to use to advance the kingdom of heaven. But if I can take you out, and that's exactly what ends up happening, if I can take you out by lying to you about how you, you know, got mistreated and this shouldn't have happened and all of that, and all of a sudden you just, you settle back. I'll give you another example. Uh, Patty Akui, her, her name used to be uh, Dunnick. And she and her husband, Kelly, as a young couple, uh, basically dropped everything and took off to a place called Samoa, which is a long ways from here. And he ended up with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And they fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it. Was it the will of God for Kelly Dunnick to die prematurely? No. But he died. And now she is faced with a decision. Here's this ministry that they have, you know, uh, built and God has blessed and so on and so forth. She could either <clears throat> go walk off into the shadows and just let it all go, or she can step up into 
and get on the saddle and keep riding that horse. And that's exactly what she did. Now, does she begin to understand why? Uh, probably not. I mean, I've never talked with her about it. I don't know. But she's still running her race. And she's running it strong, and she's running it hard. Are you listening to me? She'll have questions. She will. She has them, probably. Things that she may or may not know uh, and, and until she gets to heaven. But I thank God for Patty. That praise God, she didn't just lay everything down and walk away and say, well, this stuff must not work. Still preaching, still teaching, still changing the world. They have four new Bible schools. They, their goal is for 30 of them. You know, in uh, the uh, uh, islands of Fiji, and they just keep going. I like that. I said, I like that. There'll be a day, you know, when these things are revealed. And there's probably going to be a day when none of it really matters. Are you with me? Because of the temporal nature of our lives that we have in Christ. And I'm not near ever going to get to where it is that I thought we were going this evening. But, you know, here's the thing that you need to understand I'm, I'm talking to someone here, and you're wrestling with what it is that I'm talking to you about. There are things that have gone on in your life you don't understand. There are things that have gone on in other people's lives that you don't understand. And you're asking yourself the question, well, if in fact that's the way it is, then how come? I know. And we all wrestle with those kinds of things. But the Bible says to let God be true and every man a liar. So I don't, I don't pretend to understand all the things that go on in people's lives. I shared the story with you one time where I went to a dinner and I didn't realize I was the lunch. And it all had to do with someone having passed away prematurely when people were praying for them that they would be healed and they weren't healed. And they died. And so here I am, the preacher that's standing up and represents the fact that healing belongs to us that himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses, and by the stripes of Jesus we were healed, that redemptively speaking, praise God, he provided for each and every one of us. The ministry of Jesus was is that he went, a, he went about all the cities and villages teaching, preaching, and healing. So people were getting healed under his, his earthly ministry. And even after he went to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father, he then anointed others who went and did the same thing. Are you with me? So when all this happened, then I'm supposed to give an explanation. I don't know, man. I'm a young kid. I mean, I'm 20. I bet I was 24 years old. But I knew Jesus. And I knew what he promised. And, you know, I'm trying to be polite. But they just kept chewing on me. And finally, the Spirit of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, rose up on the inside of me. It's kind of like, it's kind of like God, you know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to deal with this situation. It's kind of like God just reaches up and grabs me by the shoulder and pulls me back behind him and says, I'll take care of this. And I was never so thankful. I mean, I had stuff coming out of my mouth, I mean, in, from uh, the Word of God that I didn't even know I knew. I was standing there, you know, almost in wonder of myself. Wow, I didn't know I knew that. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's great. Tell them that. Yeah, give them to them, you know. And, you know, at the conclusion of it all, it was just like, I don't know why she died. 
But I know that sickness and disease is from hell, and we've been redeemed from the curse of it. And so you can do what you want. But I'm going to go on down the road and praise God. I'm going to, number one, stay happy, and I'm going to keep preaching what it is that he said to preach. Are you with me? And that doesn't suit some folk because of lots of different reasons, but that's beside the point. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I, I really don't have a clue what to do with this now. You know. <laughs> but I am so thankful for him because he really wants to get these things across to you. And, and you're going to have to have your own conversation with him about that. Amen? I, I will say again, because you have to realize that the devil will use anything he can to neutralize you. It, it doesn't have to be about theology or doctrine like we just got in talking about. It can be an offense. Sometimes people go through divorces, you know, and, and, and they don't get better. They get bitter. And then they go off in the shadows, you know, and, and they carry that with them. God never intended for them to do that. He never intended for them to do it. But somehow or another, they can't get past it. That's why they need you that can pray for them and bring them to a place of reconciling uh, their relationship with God and, and being able to forgive. You know, unforgiveness is, it is a, a device. It is a scheme. It is a wile of the devil. And he'll use it on you. He don't care who you are. He could care less. As long as he can take you and neutralize you or take you out or whatever it is, that's all he cares about. Now, if you don't, if you don't believe in what I'm saying, look at this. We're in Ephesians here. Turn to the sixth chapter and look at this with me real quickly. <clears throat> Notice what it says here in verse 10. Now, how many of you believe that the Bible is God speaking to you? Yeah, absolutely. So when we read these scriptures, let's, let's, let's read it with that in mind. Notice in verse 10, he said, he said, finally, my brethren, be strong in yourself. Huh? Be strong what? Say it again. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now listen, that you may be able to what? Stand against the what? Wiles of the devil. And then he goes on to say, for or because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, of spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Are you listening to me? This is what we're dealing with uh, again, uh, in, in high places. So take to you the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. <clears throat> What's that mean? Well, that just simply means that there's going to be times in life where you end up being afflicted. And don't, use, don't think of afflicted in the context of, 
of uh, sickness or disease, think of it in this context. There's going to be times in your life where you get tested, that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, may be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you stood. Huh? You were strong in the Lord and in the power of his might when it came. We all go through those things. My wife and I go through them all the time. And what we do is we identify it for what it is, and we just say, no, you don't, devil. You're not bringing strife in this house. Huh? You're not bringing division in this house. You're not bringing whatever it is that he comes pedaling down the road. Dude, passez-vous. You go find someplace else for that stuff. It's not mine. Are you with me? But you can't allow your emotions to control your feelings to be what dictate how you're going to respond or behave to these things. We all have feelings. There's no question about it. But feelings are fickle. What do I mean by that? They're subject to change, dude. You can be this way one time, and in that quick, you can be some other way. That's the one downfall or downside to you know, humanity, I guess you might say. So you can't allow your feelings to dictate to you what it ha- how it is that you're going to respond. I was just talking with someone the other day, and we were dealing with this very thing, you know, about their feelings. And I said, well, since when did feelings have anything to do with it? Well, they looked at me like I was crazy. What are you talking about, man? I said, if you're going to trust God and believe him, you're going to have to put your feelings someplace else and believe what it is that he said. Now, that's not very popular, but I tell you, it works. Are you with me? I can pout with the best of them. I'm good at it. But you know, there's times in my life when I got to say, dude, grow up. And the same thing's true with you. Are you with me? Sometimes there's a need for us to be compassionate. A bunch of hard-hearted outfits. I didn't name your name. I'm just saying. You know, some people, they're just, they're not kind, you know. And yet the Bible makes it clear, praise God, that we're to, to have compassion. Making the difference, the Bible says, actually. Are you with me? So there's all these kinds of things, you know, that we have to deal with in our lives. But I want you to note, particularly, he said here, I want you to be strong in the Lord so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil because we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. You see hell going on in somebody's life? You see hell going on in their family? You know, you know for sure that the devil is there to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's why you and I need to exercise the authority that's been given to us and say, no, you don't. In Jesus' name, you can keep peace in your house. You can keep joy in your house. Hallelujah. You know, you just got to say, we're not having any of this anymore. It's your decision. It's not God's, you know, well, God, how come you don't do anything? He's already done everything he needs to do. It's up to you. Take your place. Take your stand. Do what it is he told you to do. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Let's look at these verses real quick. We'll see if we can get through this in six minutes. That would be a miracle. But anyway, look with me at Matthew chapter 28. Notice what Jesus said. We're talking about you exercising your authority as a believer. And we're also talking about you not not, um, giving into or being 
subtly. You know, the devil is a tactician, you guys. This guy's good at what he does. You know, when he came to Adam, he said, has God really said, you know, that you're not to eat? You know, well, she, she got it right at first. No, we can do that. It's that tree over there. And he just flat out lied to her and said, no, it's not a problem. You won't die. God knows that if you take of that, you'll be like him. Dude, they already were like him. But it's that twisting of the truth that he uses and distorts to cause. And that's why, praise God, the Bible says to be wise as serpent and harmless as doves. You know? So we really do need to put on our thinking hat here. You know, somebody comes along and they want to pick a fight. You, you're, you're, you're not available. I said, no, you're not available. Why? Because nobody ever wins in that mess. Are you with me? They tried to do that to Jesus all the time. You have to understand, these men were literally being driven by and controlled and influenced by hell. So they, they drag this woman in that they find that was in an adulterous situation, and, and they drag her in there to humiliate her and to trap him. Did you hear me? Trap him. He said, we just found this woman... And she was taken in the very act. I wonder where, don't, doesn't it take two people to, to, ha, to, to have an adulterous situation? Where's that cat? Why didn't they drag his butt in there? That's not nice. I'm sorry. That's probably not the right word. But, you know, why did, where's he at? He said, we found this woman in adultery in the very act. Now, now, and that's an important word. They said, now, Moses said, we're supposed to stone her. What do you think? That is a trap. And thank God he was way smarter. I mean, dude, he was so far on the other side of the curve from these guys that it wasn't even like funny. What did he do? The Bible says he stooped down and started drawing or writing in the dirt. And I'm going to guess that he was probably writing their names and what it is that they were doing that was sinful and wrong. I don't know. But they just kept hammering him. And finally, he just stood up and he said, okay. He said, he that is without sin among you, you throw the first stone. Isn't that powerful? You know, Jesus always answered questions with a question. You know, they wanted this or that and the other. He says, I'll tell you that if you tell me this. Well, we can't say. Well, I'm not going to tell you either. Isn't that powerful? I think it's so cool. Don't you want to be a part of what Jesus is doing? So in this situation, you know, they, he just said, all right, whoever's, you know, sin less, go ahead. Well, the Bible says that they being convicted from the least to the greatest, um, or maybe the other way around, being convicted by their own hearts, they all put their rocks down and walked away. I'll tell you what, dude, the power of God and the presence of God will absolutely burn hell out of every situation. And all of a sudden, he's standing there with her alone, and all of her accusers are gone. He says, where are your accusers? Isn't there anybody here to condemn you? This is so, oh, I tell you guys, it's so powerfully rich. She says, no one, Lord. And he says, listen, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Get your life together. I'm telling you, God loves you. He loves you. 
He knows all about your failings. He knows about all the stuff you've screwed up with and this and that and the other. And he still continues to love and care and want you on the right side of the fence with him. Are you with me? So it's so important for us to really know and understand God's not your enemy. He's for you. The Bible says if God is for you, who can be against you? Did you find Matthew 28? Well, I'm glad for that because I'm still talking. Just wondering. He's so for you. So for you. He wants the best. You know, and, and sometimes I tell you what, you guys, you just, you, 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 you have to decide that you're just going to let it go. Just going to let it go. You say, well, I, I can't do that. Sure you can. You just don't think you can. He's trying to tell you, you can't, you can't. Why? Because he'll use that and he'll, do it, he'll use it to destroy you. And it doesn't have to be that way. I'd like for you just to uh, close, or bow your heads and close your eyes here for this, just this moment. I want to give you this opportunity. Now again, you know, um, I prepared something this evening for, uh, you know, for the edification of the church and for the ministry. But there's something here right now with us. It may be for those that are online. I don't know, but I know it's here for some of us. And um, Jesus wants to set you free. And it's, it's kind of a funny thing, but your freedom rests within your choice, what you choose. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. This, isn't, um, this is just a heart-to-heart thing that I want to afford you the opportunity to participate in. Jesus, we so love you. And we're so grateful, Father, for what it is that you did with Christ and how that he was willing Father God to give his entire life so that we could live and God tonight as we are gathered here in your name I thank you for your presence and Lord I know that there are those that are here Father that they've lived in pain because of things that have gone on in the past. God, there may be those that are here this evening, Father, and they, they live in judgment or condemnation or guilt because of something that, something that went so terribly wrong. God, tonight I ask you to show them who you really are and help them, Father, to know that there is a place in you where they can be forgiven where they can be strengthened, where their lives can absolutely be changed forever. And Father, for all of those that are here tonight, I know with questions about why, Lord, how come this, how come that? Oh God, help them. Let this night be a night where they lay those questions down at your feet and they leave them there with you that's my prayer father 
while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're here this evening and to, 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 to whatever extent that these things that we've been praying about apply, I simply am asking you for an acknowledgement before God to simply say by your uplifted hand, Lord, I'm that person. I'm, I'm that person. And Lord, I want to be free of this tonight. I don't, I don't want to ever have to think about this or carry this within my heart and mind ever again anymore. If that's you. I just want you to slip your hand up wherever you are. Okay? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Yes, thank you. Once you've raised your hand, you're welcome to put it back down again because, again, this is just, this is you and him. Father, I thank you for responding to the acknowledgement of each and every person here that has raised their hand and said, Lord, that's me. And I believe, Father, that what I've communicated with them is true. And that, Father, just as you said, if we would come to you, you would for no reason turn us away. So, Father, I'm going to, we're going to pray. And, Lord, as you hear their prayer, I want to thank you, Father God, for your supernatural release and cleansing, the washing away of this weight that hell has assailed against them. And Lord, I thank you for a brand new day, a brand new start for every one of them, Father. Pray this prayer with me, church. Say this, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight and I lay my life at your feet and I lay my problems, my concerns, and my care there too. Lord, forgive me for my faithlessness. I ask you to help me to see as you see. Lord, tonight, I trust you and I thank you for your blessing in my life. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I thank you right now for doing only what you can if it hasn't happened already. That there is that cleansing, that washing, washing away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.